welcome to Belong, Become, Be Sent, Rock's podcast. Um, my name is Noel Mash, and again with us today, we have Dodger Vaughn. Hey, hey. And uh, Noah Mulvaney. Hey, yo. And with us this week, we have Isaac Sykes. So I'm going to let him give us a little spiel about himself. <laughs> hey, thanks again for having me. It's an honor. Um, uh, so, yeah, my name is Isaac Sykes. I was born at a pretty young age, you know. <laughs> As most people are. I got jokes. Hey, for all of y'all who don't know, and you should, but now you know, Isaac means laughter in Hebrew, so got them bad jokes, but you know, it's all good. So I was born in the Philippines, and uh, my birth parents weren't able to take care of me, and so they put me up for adoption, and at 13 months old, I was adopted by two awesome people I now call my mom and dad. They raised me, they disciplined me. Uh, my dad was a pastor, my mom was a teacher as in she homeschooled me so um i'm way smarter than all you guys but you know it's all good you gotta have it every once in a while and uh yeah live the stereotypical perfect pastor's kid's life you know (laughs) right (laughs) i'm I'm an angel man i am a i'm an angel (laughs) listen as as a pastor you know i could tell you my kids are anything but stereotypically good (laughs) They're, they're, they're good kids, but they're rotten, too. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I know what you mean. <laughs> but no, um, so I did that. Um, so I was, I, was, I was given a lot growing up. And um, being adopted, you grow up with questions regarding life and whatnot, like identity and stuff like that. And, uh, just, uh, yeah, grew up with those questions and then got into adulthood and still had those questions. And... Now, this was about two years ago. I was working for an international railroad company as a welder building trains. And uh, on top of that, I was part of a uh, campus ministry back home in Missouri. I'm from Missouri originally. Grew up around St. Joseph, which is now north of Kansas City, which, by the way, we just won the freaking Super Bowl. (laughs) Got to get that out there, especially for Ohio. Ohio, listen, we don't have professional sports teams in Ohio. I know you guys had Baker Mayfield, and that's, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, the Browns and the Bengals both, really, I don't think you could consider any of those organizations professional. No, they're they're a fun team to beat up. They were they're, they're fun games to watch. We love dominating you guys, but you know. <laughs> but, um, no, I was part of a um, campus outreach there, and so I'm there, and I'm working there in this uh, railroad shop building trains. And I had full intentions on staying there for a long time. Uh, the reason I got on there at the company was I worked for the uh, president of the actual uh, overall company. Uh, it was called Herzog, the entity itself. And I worked in the rail division, Herzog Railroad Services Incorporated. And he was able to get me on, had a bunch of guys come alongside me there in the shop and teach me the um, the trade of welding and stuff like that because when I first came on I had no clue on even how to what a welder was <laughs> and so it was really awesome because my first uh, my first few months there my floor manager he, he'd come in an hour early and let me practice on stuff and so that's what I did that's how I that's how I um, got better at it essentially but I, I had full intentions on staying there with Herzog um, moving up in the company and I could have very well done that but uh, time went on there, and I felt God saying, "Hey, I want you to do something. You, you were, you've been adopted. You've been given. You've been given very much. And I, I've raised you up in the church. But you know, and just from what you've seen as you've been growing up in the church, that it's not what everyone is making it out to be. And so I want you to change that. I'm like, God, how? <laughs> I, I don't have any." type of degree or anything I just know how to weld uh how in the world do you want me to go about to even do this and so I just started praying that and God really started working through my own life in that regard and he just started opening doors and I believe that visions are a very real thing and I'd have I'd have I'd be doing something and then uh, I just have this flashback of like hey I've seen this before and it's been in a dream and it kind of gave me a validation for what I was doing right then and there. And um, so anyways, uh, like I said, I was part of that campus ministry group and 
I even had visions of that <laughs> that happened. I'm like, yo, this is weird, but okay. But anyways, we went to a end of 2018. We went to a missions conference in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was there at the conference. Uh, I'm at this ministry, Mount Mission School, and I nearly didn't even go uh, to the conference. It was called um, International Conference on Missions. I nearly didn't even go, but I went because of two, three things. Number one, to get off from work. Number two, actually hang out with people my age because I've only, in the last five to six years, I've only ever worked uh, full time in the trades, be it from agriculture to parcel to heavy industry and stuff like that. So number two, like I said, to hang out with people my age. And then number three, if God had any doors that he would open that I'd see him, that I'd walk through him. Um, but I just, honestly, I threw number three out there just kind of like a shot in the dark because I was thinking, growing up in the church, you, you hear and see all these things happen all the time. Like, oh, I, I found my calling here and here and here. And this is, this is how it totally changed me. And so I'll admit, I was jaded. I, I, I wasn't expecting anything to happen. But... <clears throat> I got there at the conference, I met the staff, I met some of the faculty from here at Mountain Mission School. Uh, I was able to visit with the president and his wife for almost two hours. And there at the conference, uh, they straight up handed me an application form. And so um, anyways, conference ends, go back home, and even before I uh, unpack my bags, I'm up in my office and um, on my computer, booking the nearest flight or the closest flight I can get to uh, the nearest airport out here. And so I fly out here in January of 2019 and it was a red eye flight. So I didn't show up on campus here until three in the morning. <laughs> but even as I was pulling up the drive to here at Mount Mission School, there was just this peace that came over me. And yet what, another one of those visions that or one of those dreams that I had, something I had no clue about what I was dreaming about Yet I'm seeing a play out my very in front of my very own eyes, and I'm like, oh gosh, okay, God. <laughs> and so um just hit it off with all the people here. And like I said, I was adopted. My uh, my birth name uh was Emmanuel, which means God with us. And there are a handful of little guys here that are named Emmanuel, and so that was just another in, another kind of confirmation and validation that God was saying, Hey, this is where I want you. This is what I've been preparing before for your entire life that's why i've had you go through these hardships this is why i've had to go through these trials and this is why i even trained you to be a welder so now you can take the discipline the same principles that you took going in an hour earlier during the railroad shop and pass those on to these kids that don't even have anything close to that and i say that objectively i say that lovingly because they don't they don't have these kind of skills and principles that i have and god's blessed me enough to have the wisdom and the grace or at least I hope and pray so, <laughs> to be able to pass these skills and these um, principles and sticks more than anything, set a standard as long for these guys. And in fact, I was just visiting with one of them today. He's, he's, new to, he's new here to Mountain Mission School. He and his sister just came here. But um, he's, he's having some behavior issues. Uh, but I'm able to talk with him and really work with him. And it's, it's been good. And to just days like this and conversations like I had with him, there's just even more validation and confirmation that this is what you need to be. And so, I don't know if I, I don't know if I went over. over no, that's, that's great, man. Like that, <laughs> really awesome. That is an awesome, awesome story, and um, really appreciate, you know, just the the God's providence throughout that. You know what I mean? Again, you know, just about how you know God had brought together certain things in your life that led you to the point that you're at now. That you know where you're impacting. Um, students' lives, you know what I mean, in, in real ways for the gospel. And so I uh, just appreciate you sharing that. And I did want to mention, uh, for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with the Mountain Mission School, um, they're actually one of Rock's longtime um, partners in ministry. Actually, even before my time with Rock as the campus minister, I looked back through some old files the other day, and like we had students going down to Mountain Mission School to serve like uh, 80s and 90s, you know what I mean? So like we, wow. we partnered with Mountain Mission School for a long, long time, but I, I love MMS um, because they are they are a children's home, um, and they literally reach out to um, the ends of the earth to take kids out of some pretty desperate situations and give them a world-class education, feed them, house them, and give them the gospel of Jesus Christ and equip them to go back and to serve um, in the areas that they've originally came from um, in many cases. 
And so um, we, we love MMS. We love partnering with them and getting to go down um, and serve alongside them. And, um, and this last time we were down there, we got to meet Isaac for the first time. And, um, and we definitely um, hit it off with him. And so we're, we're going to get to that. We're going to be talking about um, those connections within the church um, here later on in the podcast. But um, right now I'm going to go ahead and we're going to introduce the topic for this week. And so this week's topic is church. Um, and I'll tell you what got me thinking about this topic. Um, actually, a couple of different things. Um, one was last week on the podcast, we were talking um, about short-term missions. And uh, we talked about some of the bonds we've formed with other churches and other groups um, uh, on the mission field and how important those have been. Um, so that's made me think about that. Um, hearing Isaac's story last night, Isaac joined us for Crosswalk and got to share a little bit of his story um, with the rock community there. And, you know, that started me thinking about, you know, God's providence in, you know, shaping our lives and bringing us together and connecting us with this group of believers that we call the church. But the third one, those two were the, the positive points that the third one was actually kind of a negative. Um, of course, with the, the, the state of affairs right now with the coronavirus and um, the social distancing and stuff like that, um, a lot of churches are... Um, they're shifting gears and trying to go to more of an online platform. Um, you know, at Rock, we're even trying to connect people via Zoom meeting and stuff like that. So people could still remain connected during this time. Um, but, but the negative that I was going to talk about was actually, as I was driving through town the other day, um, like I happened to drive past a church and um, out on the marquee, the, the church sign, um, mm -hmm. it just simply said church closed. Um, now, I will say I understand that the uh, that the the marquee was there to explain to people that the building was closed. Um, but what bothered me about that is like this uh, misperception um, about the church, especially in the middle of this pandemic and uh, in the middle of the quarantine, that the church, the big C church, is closed. Um, and so that's really what me got me thinking about this whole idea of what is the church then. Um, and so, you know, so let me just start with that. Let me ask you guys this. When you hear the word church, you know, what images come to your mind? Most of us would immediately think um, of the building that we attend services on Sunday. Um, because what do you say when you're going to the service on Sunday? Oh, we're going to church. Um, but that's, that's not what it really is. Isaac, you grew up in a church. <laughs> when you hear the word church, what, what's some of the imagery that brings up for you? A family dinner table. Nice. Wow. Explain that. Unpack that a little bit. After every church service, every, every Sunday, without, without missing it, we would always have a family, family meal at my grandparents' table right after that. And the pastor would come, the, half the church would come, and it's just, church is family. Yeah. It's family. And a lot of a lot of people don't realize that. They think it's just a social gathering. They think it's just a social event. It is a living and breathing being comprised of, comprised of living and breathing beings. Yeah. So. Sure, man. Like, I love that. I love that imagery of, you know, a, a dinner table with people stretched out around it, you know. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I think of, uh, like, my church growing up, like, we had uh, – like a building, but then we had like these woods next to it. And inside the woods, there was like a big pavilion. Um, and we would do like uh, some, like once a month, we, we would do potluck dinner. And uh, sometimes like in the summer months, we would have it out there. Um, and I just remember like standing out there and like having our whole church gather around and hold hands and pray. Um, and it was just, I don't know, like our church was small enough then that we could do that. Um, but it was also, there was a lot of people and it was, it was that kind of a family thing, but you were talking about Isaac, like I knew everybody in that circle. Um, everybody knew my family, like knew all my brothers and sisters' names and cared about us. And um, I don't know, it was always really cool to go and do that and like be a part of something like that. That's what I think of whenever I think of church, like yeah. back in the day. Noel said it perfectly, you know, like a lot of times we think about church, we think about the location of where we're going on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whatever. Um, but like, you know, as really as believers you know if you spend any time in the word at all like we recognize the church isn't just the brick and mortar 
You know, it's not just the pews in the sanctuary. Um, like I like the way that Isaac described that as being, you know, a living, moving organism with filled with living, moving organisms or comprised of living, moving organisms. Uh, with that in mind, then how would you, how would you then, I guess, explain then to somebody, because I think a lot of people have that same misperception about what the church is. Oh, it's, it's that building on the corner, you know, of the street. But like, how would you then explain to somebody, especially in times like this, when they drive past, they see a sign that says, hey, church is closed. Like, how do you explain to somebody, no, listen, that building that housed the church might be closed, but the church isn't closed. Well, growing up, I like, we always talked about the church and how it's like one body full of many entities and how we all work as one, but we all have um, different things that we bring to the table. And so when I think of the church, I think of um, all the people that I know that I've grown up knowing that were believers and um, just about how we all share one mind and that's in Christ and um, that that's what brings us all together, but we all have different things that we bring to the table for God. For me, I'd break it down this way. Um, and that was, that, was, that was really good how you put it that way. I like that, Noel. What does the church look like? Well, shoot, what's the one thing that all of us humans have in common? Relationships. Whether we like it or not, we have some form of relationship with one another. And if it's a close relationship, how do we, how do, we do that? We want to take care of it, right? We want to be there for that other person. We want to help nurture and grow it. We help build one another up. Yeah. And that doesn't, that's not confined to four walls and a roof. That is not confined to four walls and a roof. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like I, I was gonna. I don't have much to add because, like, what I was gonna say is kind of what you said, Isaac. Like, I've worked um, in a lot of not great places with not um, good, morally strong people, um, yeah. and I just think about like I get questioned a lot about that because of the way I live. Yeah, um, and, like people come up and ask me, like, "Are you Christian?" And I say yes, but I think. Um, like they noticed how I lived first before they ever asked that question before they thought to. Yep. Um, and like, that's always intriguing to them. Um, it's like, wow, like you're consistent. Like a lot of people have uh, negative opinions about the church because they, they came across people who called themselves Christians and didn't act like Christ. Mm. Um, and I think like that's people's opinions of the church. So they kind of just write it off. But, um, what we should do or what we should do a better job of um, doing is loving people and being consistent with that. And I think uh, that's one of the things we can do um, outside of the church is just being consistent with our faith and um, showing people love. And um, I think that's what the church looks like. It's um, showing people love and being consistent with that and not just doing it inside the building, not just doing it with the people who we, uh, we happen to see every week inside that building. And um, I think it's doing it more outside of that. So I think that actually brings up a great um, point. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, there's all of these misperceptions about what the church is, um, you know, that it, held by people outside of the church. And that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, you drive through any given small town and you're going to see first church of whatever, second church of whatever, you know what I mean? So like, People see the church and like, I can see where people would mistake um, the building for the church if you're not a part of the church. Um, but what becomes an issue um, is if we who are the church start to get the wrong perception about who we are and what we do. Um, so that actually transitions really well to that next question. And that's this. Um, you know, if we as Christians have the wrong perception about what the church is, then what follows is, that we also have a misperception about what our mission is or what the purpose of the church is. Um, so like, Claire, let, let's talk about that for a second. You know, what is the purpose or the mission of the church? How would you define that? Build. Build. Mm -hmm. um, not, <laughs> not buildings. Right. Not buildings. Um, and it's nothing, it's nothing trendy either. And that's another misconception, misperspective about the church and Christianity, that it's something, oh, all these people are doing all this. I want to be part of that. No, it's, it's deeper than that. That's, 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 that's cheapening of the cross and of the gospel outright. Mm -hmm. But to build up one another, and it's to, to discipline, 
And going along with that, another, I was talking to one of my boys today uh, when, when we were cleaning the yard. Uh, there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Hmm. A lot of people think that the church is punishing. I mean, yeah, it, it seems like it at some times, but what people don't understand is the difference between discipline and punishment. <laughs> yeah. Punishment is a correction of character where discipline is a building up of character. And I, I said those exact same words to one of my boys today. And it's just like a light clicked on in his head. And that's what we're supposed to do as a church. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> and people don't understand that. Because, like I stated earlier, we made it too trendy. We cheapened the gospel. We downplayed the cross. And we don't believe fully in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And plain and simple. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah that, that is, you know, would we lose sight of that? you know lose sight of why we're why we're there and and again like you said the, the power of the cross the power of the resurrection mm-hmm. i mean like we we've really we we at very bare minimum need to course correct yeah the other thing with building up the church we're building up one another and that's how we overcome and it even talks about that in revelation um and they overcame by the word of the testimony yeah and how good is that going to be if all we're doing is just sipping coffee uh, thinking that this we got to wear this color flannel, we got to have these kind of highlights for our Bibles. No, it's literally like what I was doing doing earlier today. The church is supposed to love, yes, but it's a tough love. It is a serious love. It's serious enough to send my Jesus to the cross on my behalf, and it's serious enough that whenever I see character flaws in any of my boys or any of my students here on campus, I'm going to pull them aside. I'm going to be like, the heck are you thinking? This is not how you are supposed to act. This is not how you're supposed to be. We have rules and standards for a reason. Yeah, it's it's the whole speaking the truth in love. Yeah. Speaking the truth in love, very much so. It's a discipline. Yeah, for sure. It's going back to that. All right. So, That's awesome, man. This is the whole idea of building uh, building up, building up the kingdom. Yes. It's huge. So, what, are, Noel, Noel, what do you guys think? What's the purpose of the church? Um, I think it's to go out into the world and to let people know who God is and what he's done for us and just like through our actions, but also letting them know that God gives them a choice, that they don't have to choose God, mm-hmm. um, but showing them the better way and that that choice is out of love from God, that he's not going to force you to do anything, but that he gives it freely and that he can save them. Yeah. Yeah, so, so evangelistic in nature, fulfill yeah. the great commission. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I don't like, I agree with both of uh, Isaac and Noel. I think um, to meet the needs of people. And I think one, like you talked about misconceptions. I think one of the misconceptions um, of people inside of the church and people outside of the church is that they think the church should meet the needs of the people who go to that church. Mm. And I think um, one of the purposes of the church should be to meet the needs of people in their community. Um, mm-hmm. wh- whether that be whatever need that is, um, I think the church should help meet that um, in whatever way they can. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's that's all what you guys are saying, all very powerful things, you know what I mean? And it's it's far more, and it's, that's, that's what we're trying to drive at, I guess, today, is, you know I mean, if you think of the church being a brick and mortar building, then we essentially just become a country club, you yeah. know, where, where we, you know, you're select members and you know, we're, we're here to serve the members like Noah was talking about. And, you know, it fails far short of what, you know, you guys are talking about if that's how we view that. Um, but, you know, if we view the church, you know, like Isaac said at the beginning, as a living organism filled with living organisms that has this divine purpose from God, then that should really be a game changer for the things that we're doing. Um, and so I guess with that in mind, you guys had some great points on the purpose of the church. So, Along those same lines, then, what are some of the things the church should be doing right now? Like I'm talking about, like in our world today, um, to help fulfill that person purpose. So, you know, whether that's building up or uh, fulfilling the Great Commission, evangelism, or meeting the needs of people in their community, um, what are some practical ways the church can be um, pursuing that mission? So, my church in New Orleans, the reason, like I said, like we should meet meet the needs of people is because immediately I thought of that church, like whenever I think of their purpose, um, they have, instead of like offering, they have what they call the joy box. Um, that church is also like a part of a community center. And that luckily, like, um, 
the pastor and the other staff of that church, like they don't have to take from the offering to get their salaries. Um, so all the offering that's given to the joy box goes to um, somebody in need in the community. A lot of the guys that go to that church, like they're really skilled um, and somebody is in charge of um, meeting the people who come to the front door of the church and they have a need. Like that church is known in that community as being somewhere where you, if you need help, you can go to that church and they'll help you in whatever way you can. Um, and a lot of it is just like using that joy box money to go help somebody who's house burnt down um, or something like that, like help somebody pay rent for that month. Um, whatever it may be, I think that's, that's fulfilling their purpose. Um, and I think that's fulfilling part of um, the purpose of the church. And that's what I thought of. Good stuff. Isaac, Noel, what do you guys think? You quit being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say I, I say that sincerely. Um, having grown up in the church, um, that is stopping lazy, equipping equipping so traditional, in the sense that you, you're worshiping the principles rather than the actions that are to follow the principle. Mm. Um, that's one of the, that's one of the reasons. That's one of, if not the main reason why I, I felt led here to Mount Mission School because, like I said, I'm adopted. And I get it. I understand it. Not everybody can adopt. Not everybody can do stuff like that. Um, I know so many people with large houses and whatnot, and they they keep asking, "How can we? How can we keep? How can we serve the church better?" And they all they just talk. I'm like, "You really want to do something? Open up your house. Be a foster parent. Do something. Just quit talking, mm. and then quit and quit talking about the things that need to get done. But rather instead." be the change you want to see and more than anything that's what led me to come out here because i'm sick and tired of waking up every morning seeing the numbers of orphan kids here in the united states of america the most successful country in the world i mean it's 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 ridiculous <laughs> yeah i think what you're saying there isaac it makes me think of um gosh uh, you know I, i'm pretty sure it's in the book of james where James says, you know, like, that works. It, yeah, anyone who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, mm. you know, that God doesn't say, like, you know, hey, that, that's all right, or, like, you, you at least study the principle. James says, no, that's sin. Yeah. If you, if you see what you're supposed to do and you fail to act, you're just because you're, you're not actively, like, you know, doing something that the Bible says explicitly, like, you know, don't covet, don't steal, whatever, that doesn't mean that's not sin. Exactly. When we see the need of the community around us, we fail to act or refuse to act. You know, that, that sense. I mean, that's what you were saying. That's what made me think of. Yes. Yeah. And there's even, there's a, there's a greater judgment for those that just sit by and are mildly lukewarm. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's what, and somewhere in Luke, where he, where he, he writes that, no, I'm going to spit you out because you've been so lukewarm. Yeah, it's Revelation, I think, 3, 16 and 17, if I'm right. Yeah, that was way off. I was say, like, um, one guy I met a long time ago at a church camp, his favorite verse was um, from Luke 12, 47. Um, and it's all, I've always remembered it, and it's because um, it talks about, it's, I think Jesus tells a parable about um, servants, um, and it talks about how one servant knew his master's will, um, and he did it. He did what he wanted, what his master wanted him to do. Um, and he was um, given a reward, and then one of the servants knew his master's will, but did not do it, chose not to do it, and uh, says he, he will, his punishment was he'll be beaten severely. So I think that just goes to show, like, what happens if the church doesn't do what we're supposed to do? We don't do what God wants us to do. Yes. There is punishment for it. There is, that is sin in his eyes. Yeah, for sure. Jonah got swallowed by a big fish, so. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, so we need to, we need to mobilize. We need to be active. We need to do something. Yes. Right, well, what, what else? What, what does the church need to be doing to fulfill that purpose? I think, like, first and foremost, we have an obligation to ourselves to be in the word, to actually know what the will of the Lord is, mm -hmm. um, and not take others at their word, like our preachers and things of that nature. Like, in, uh, we have to be in it ourselves and then um we also need to be training others up to know what that is i am very grateful to my parents for the way that they raised me and the way that they raised me in the church and things um but i feel like we could have did more as a family um to be serving others and to be serving in our church and things um and i think that's really really important 
um, like when I heard Noah told a story, I think it was on the podcast the other day about how he was like, literally, he feels as if he was raised to serve. And that, I think that's, I think that's what all families should be doing. Um, just showing the way that we show unbelievers how we serve the Lord is how we should be showing our own. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we have this incredible responsibility to one another as believers. Exactly. Um, So, and, you know, part of that, it goes back to, you know, like, we need to be in the word. So we know, like you said, what it says about, you know, like how we're to live our lives, stuff like that. You know, but but also we have this duty, this responsibility to one another to encourage one another through the word and to build each other up. And if you're not in the word, how can you do that? You know, so it's all interrelated. So good stuff, guys. All right. So let's actually take this to this current situation that we're in, this current state of affairs with the pandemic. So what do you think? This is, you know, just kind of trying to get your perspective. You guys are all like young 20 something year olds. Um, what do you think the church's role or our purpose, what, what things should we be doing in the midst of this pandemic to rise up and be the church that Christ has called us to be? I think we need to be aware of others around us and not just our own thoughts on the situation Mm -hmm. and, um, reaching out to others in ways that, I mean, right now we can't, we can't be physically with each other, but how can we be offering like our minds to other people and how can we fulfill um, their needs in practical ways, even though we can't be close by each other and being a listening ear and I bring it up a lot, but just like, what would Jesus do right now? How could he be a helper in this? Isaac, what do you think? Uh, Just doing stuff like this. I mean, modern technology is amazing. So just being able to have a podcast over Zoom, and I mean, it's not ideal, of course, like you stated earlier, but it's something um, for the church to stay connected with, mm-hmm. just reaching out um, to be able to keep one another accountable in a time like this. And so presently, mm-hmm. uh, just more stuff like this, just especially with the whole uh, lockdowns and everything, you know, technically not supposed to get out. <laughs> that makes it hard. That makes me think like, just like not letting others fall out of community yeah because it's easy right now like you can i mean you're alone but you don't have to be alone yes i'll just share like some things that i've seen uh people of the church doing like um different people organizing like i guess just older ladies who can knit those surgical masks that are actually approved to use in hospitals because like obviously there's been a lack and um those masks are needed and then um, there's people who can 3d print those it's the face shields like they can do that and like they they're finding ways to help out um, from their home and I think that's that's really cool that people are finding new ways to help out and it's not like uh, once the coronavirus virus situation is handled like that's gonna stop like people are like man I learned how to do this and now I can keep doing this I can keep um, sending those masks to somewhere who potentially has financial problems and I can send them there into instead of my local hospital or whatever it is because um, I've learned to do this now I think that's some really cool things that people of the church are doing now yeah like honestly I, I love creativity within the church when you see um, the church rise up to do things um, in an unexpected way like we've talked about crossroads missions before and I love um, being connected with them being a part of the board um, one of the things that they're doing right now they they partner with um, a business called Digital Promotions, and they're actually cranking out um, some of the M95 masks um, for hospitals. And like you think, well, what in the world does a, a missions organization have in common with with the local hospital stuff? Like, you know, but but that's what you know the the body of Christ is about. It's about finding those creative ways to like demonstrate Christ's love. You know, wherever, whenever. Um, and, and, yeah, so it really yeah, is. It's the early church. I think you know, one of the most important things that we can bear in mind, um, you know, enduring this whole pandemic thing is, is like, this is not the first pandemic that the church has faced. Um, yeah. We've actually faced a lot. And you know, some might argue a lot worse than what we're seeing with the coronavirus. And the church has not only made it through because like, I hate to say, I even say this words, like, oh, the church will make it through. Well, yeah, I know it will. 
But you know what? The church actually comes out of those times, historically speaking, shining, you know, where people are drawn to the church because of its actions in the midst of uncertainty, you know, prove to people that we have this foundation that we build our lives on, um, that it's a real foundation. Um, so like, I think if we keep that in mind, you know, keep that out in front of us, you know, whatever you're doing, like Isaac said, do something, be active. Like, you know, don't just sit back and wait for their, the doors of your church to open back up. You are the church. Like, how are you going to show that to your neighbors right now? Yeah. All right. So I guess, you know, you guys kind of already answered this, but, um, you know, can we still fulfill those roles while observing social distancing? And yeah, I think the answer that's yes. Right. Anybody have anything they want to add to that? I think even now it, it can be easier than ever when we have this time to be able to sit and think about how we can better serve others around us. And in the creative ways that we've said, like, I know that I have some friends in church camp who are just like putting out this little, like five minute, they call someone and they ask them questions and just put that out there for positivity for people. And then I have some older lady friends that are sending lots of cards, especially like children, um, because like they're at home right now and different things like that, just like different creative ways to be able to reach out to others. So, yeah. So I think the the short answer is, yeah, like we can even fulfill the roles. Uh, we, we can fulfill the purpose of the church, um, even by, you know, obeying this whole social distancing order. Um, <laughs> none of this really hinders uh, I mean, it hinders in the sense that we can't do it the way that we always have done it, but it doesn't yeah. prevent us from fulfilling all those roles that you guys have talked about earlier. We just have to be creative. We've got to figure out new ways to do those things. Switching gears, I know we've been talking about some of the negatives uh, right now. We see, you know, with the church not fulfilling the roles it's called to and you know, how we respond in the midst of pandemic and stuff like that. Let's talk about some positive things about the church. And, and I think all of you guys have experienced, you know, the good that comes out of the church. Isaac, your whole story is really about you know, like how the church has impacted your life and brought you to the point that you are now. But let's look at this. So one of the things that scripture is clear about is that the church is this worldwide movement. It's a worldwide organism, if I could steal Isaac's word, um, but that we're all connected together through Christ. Um, how have you, each of you experienced that personally how have you experienced that connection with believers all around the world um so i think uh whenever i think about this question i think like back to whenever i first um went down to mexico um and was an intern for a couple months like um it was strange getting used to the culture and getting used to living in a different country and um i was just really nervous like um how am i going to talk to these people how am i going to be a part of um the system that's going on, be a part of the volunteer groups and all that. Um, but one of the thing, one of the things I did that first week there is I had um, dinner with a different permanent staff member every single night. Um, so like they opened up their home to me and I went and had dinner with them. And one of the guys I had dinner with was Ramon and Ramon doesn't speak English that well. And his family doesn't speak, didn't speak English at all. And I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a silent <laughs> dinner. And it was honestly like, it was, it reminded me of having dinner, like back whenever all my uh, siblings were young and like it was mom and dad were there. Like we had a ton of fun and laughed and made jokes and they didn't speak English really well. And I don't speak Spanish really well, but it was so cool. Like how he opened up and like shared a part of their life. Like he's a prankster and he's big on humor and they all have a great sense of humor. And like, I got to be a part of their little family for, that night and then obviously like the rest of the months that I was there like I don't know I had that connection with them and I don't think that happens um, outside of the church outside of um, Christianity or anything like that mm -mm. Oh, I, I agree um, uh, speaking in regards to to um, connectivity uh, together through Christ just growing up being able to uh, be a part of different ministries I was part of this one called Bible Quest Fellowship, and what we did, we'd memorize portions of scripture, and then we quiz over it. It sounds nerdy, but it was actually pretty fun. Pretty fun. <laughs> um, there, I'm being dead serious. I know kids that have half, or if not all, of the Bible newly memorized. It's ridiculous. But um, it's cool because I've maintained those contacts from those friends I made years ago, and I'm talking about, like, 
people all the way from the West Coast out in Cali to Bellingham, Washington, uh, all the way up in Maine, down in Texas, everything, almost every state. But the cool thing is I'm encouraged because I know they're off doing their own ministry as well. And they can be encouraged that I'm off doing the ministry that God has called me to as well. And even more than that, if ever we're out traveling, out and about, we have that relationship. We have that connectivity to be able to know, hey, I'm in the area. Can I, can I crash at your place tonight or something like that? Or we have something to look forward to um, when a season in our ministry is kind of laid back and we can take some time off. Uh, like, like this August, um, some friends that I made through that ministry, Bible Coast Fellowship, uh, they're from Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, in a suburb called Stillwater. Awesome people. I love them like family. And uh, I'm able to call them up every once in a while. And every time we end that phone call, it always ends with him praying over me. And I can tell you there's no greater encouragement than having someone who's been in the ministry for so long and still faithful in the ministry to which God has come to pray over you. There's no greater encouragement than that, I don't believe. That's awesome. Well, and, and, you know, Isaac, even for you, I mean, really mountain mission school, this is one of the things I love about that is it's one of the most, to me, beautiful representations of the big C church worldwide. Yes. You know, yes. Got students from what? I mean, dozens of different countries there. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah. We've been in operation since 1921. So probably almost nearly a hundred <laughs> different yeah. countries. And, you know, they all come together you know, and, and worship together, you know, under the banner of Christ, you know, coming from different countries, different backgrounds, they have this connection. And that, that's why I love bringing students down there to get to see that for the first time. Because I mean, you know, like for a lot of our students that have grown up, you know, in this area, like I remember taking a mission trip one time, we were actually on our way to New Orleans to serve with Crossroads. And we got, we weren't even, I would think to Lexington, Kentucky. And one of my girls looks up and goes, oh, well, this is the furthest away from home I've ever been. You know, <laughs> you know like, when you bring students down to the Mountain Mission School, you get to see, wow, this church you know, that, that Jesus founded isn't just this building on a corner. You know, there, there, it's, it's, you know, a body that's worldwide, and, and we have this connection through the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why I think it's just a, such an incredible place that you get to serve, man. Yeah. It's home. It is home. Well, Noelle, what are you thinking? Yeah, um, that kind of, like, goes into what I was going to say, like, being able to, like, especially, like, growing up in the church, like, going to different, different like, youth rallies and, like, church camp and things, like, the immediate connection that you have with other believers, and even if it's, like, like, you get there and you're nervous to meet new people, but, like, you have that connection, and that's where you start, and you become family, like, instantly, and then, like, you go, like, now that I've been to so many different places, whether that be, um, in Kentucky or Louisiana or the DR or Mexico or whatever, the same thing happens. Even if you don't speak the same language, like even a smile with that mutual understanding that we're living life for the same God, um, just like how special that is. And you don't get that with anything other than the church. I guess that we're blessed. You know I mean? If you think about that, like there's, you know, like the practical ways that Isaac was saying about like, we're, you know, we're praying for one another you know, we, we can encourage one another all around the world that you know, we share this bond in Christ. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's all of these incredible ways that God has blessed us with this thing that we call the church. And so with that, actually, this is the question we're going to close on before we get into the scriptures. Um, and this is this, uh, and this we, we, again, kind of briefly mentioned some of this last week of the podcast, we were talking about short-term missions, but um, you know, I know each one of you guys have stories about the bonds that you formed. Some of you guys, already kind of referenced those, um, you know, with our brothers and sisters in Christ from around the world. So can you share with me one of your favorite stories about that bond that you share in the church with believers from around the world? Um, I'll talk about uh, one that has to do with Mountain Mission School. So my church has um, supported a couple students for the last, uh, I don't know, like 10 years. One of them has already graduated on Mountain Mission School. Um, but there is a girl there that we have um, supported, and I think she might be a junior now. Um, but like we started supporting her when she was probably like seven. I knew about all about her, and then we, as Rock, we're going to go to Mountain Mission School. Oh well, previous to that, me and my aunt had visited one day, and we got to meet both of them. I can't pronounce her name. It's like Aaliyah. 
I just call her Leah. <laughs> um, but like I met her that one time and she was very, very nervous and timid. And um, but my aunt and I got to have, I think, lunch with her. Um, and then going a few years later with Rock, getting to see her again and just like see how much she's grown. And it, it's just crazy how like um, my church had that connection. Then we got to meet her again. And then this last time that we went, um, I got to see her, just seeing her grow up and how that connection was formed, even outside of Rock, who have gone with the past couple of times, how it's been all connected and things. I know, uh, you know, we've been to the Dominican Republic a couple of different times to serve. And, um, you know, it just, it never ceases to amaze me. You know, you think we're, we're only there for a week, you know, every other year. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you'd go, nobody's forming important bonds or relationships with people in a week every other year, but that wouldn't be further from the truth. One of the, the good connections that I made actually just this past trip uh, was we had an interpreter, his name was Tony. And, um, and we just, Tony and I hit it off, um, I think partially because like, he's a guy who has a heart for students. And, you know, we just started talking about students and, you know, like sharing the gospel with them and things like that. Well, now um, Tony, all the time messages me, you know, to check in on me, you know, want to know how I'm doing, how my family's doing. Um, you know, when the coronavirus stuff started getting big in, um, in the United States, like he was very concerned, want to make sure we were all healthy and stuff like that. And um, it's just crazy. You know, this is a guy that I knew for about six days, you know, but because we share this bond, this love for each other through the person of Jesus Christ, man, I, even if I never end up going back down there and seeing that dude, I look forward to seeing him in heaven one day. Going back to when I first visited here in January of 2019, I didn't know anybody that, that was actually here on campus, aside from the few that I met there at the conference, was like, which was only like maybe three or four tops. So I only knew three or four people here on campus when I came and visited, period. So I wake up the next morning after getting about maybe three or four hours of sleep, <laughs> and I walk across the road to administration, and then I get introduced to the other staff there that worked in the building and then I get introduced to this one guy and he's the his name's Dave Mayer he's the vocational director for the school so the shop director and he came six years ago and literally built everything from the ground up as far as the shop program is concerned and he this guy's done it all he he worked with the ministry international ministry before here called Master Provisions and where he he was essentially the ground man for sh um, shipping and receiving supplies that churches donated to churches over in U Ukraine post um, the fall of the USSR. And so just to be able to uh, just be able to meet this guy for the first time, I didn't know what to expect. But anyways, we we uh, hopped in his car and then drove back up here to the school. And we were working on a he was working on a project that he was teaching in shop class in the wood shop. And we were looking at this one thing, this schematic for a roof rafter, and we're like, oh, what's this thing? A dot, dot, dot. And then, this, uh, I mean, it just hit me what, what this one angle was. I'm like, oh, well, this is that. So that has to mean that since this is a 90 degree dot, dot, this is what that angle is. And we just both stopped and looked up at one another. And it was right then and there. It just clicked like, this is, this is it. <laughs> and so... Awesome. Yeah, just to be able to find someone like-minded as much as I am, but yet with the years and experience in ministry and in the ministry that I feel called to, um, that's just been a, that's honestly been a godsend. I've been praying for someone a long time, like, like Dave, and finally be able to find someone like him, and not only that, but live and work with him, essentially. It's, it's phenomenal. That is awesome. I know um, Luke Fredericks, one of our student leaders, and He's been down there twice, and um, man, he loves Dave. Um, thinks the world of that guy. So, all right, Noah, what are you thinking? I mean, I already talked about like yeah. my bond with Ramon. I, I mean, I could talk um, Amanda in Mexico. Like, um, I remember like she. So she got to know me because she came up to New Orleans whenever I was interning there. And she, um, first of all, she's like background person for Crossroads Missions, director of operations. She handles all the group care stuff. Um, but when she came to New Orleans, like she wanted to see how our field was run. 
So she went out on the work site and she was on my work site all week long. And I made her work. <laughs> and it was different, but it was fun. Um, and I just got to know her through that. Like she was out of her comfort zone. Like she's not used to being on projects or anything like that. And I got to know her through that. Um, and then I went to Mexico and I was her intern. Um, and just getting to know her better, like um, it's clear to see like how much care she had for volunteers and stuff. But also for me, like um, it's rare whenever like, you have somebody who is um, your boss or whatever. And I know I'm sitting right next to my boss now and I can say the same things about him, but like she cared so much about me and Chris, the other guy intern. Um, and it's just cool. Like I can talk to her about anything. Like she really does feel like my older sister. Like she reminds me a lot of my actual older sister. And she tells me I remind her of her younger brother, but it's cool. Like I have that connection with her. Like I can, rag on her and she can bother me and I just I give her so much crap but it's cool that we have that connection like this is a legit relationship that uh, I just wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have gone to Mexico or anything like that yeah that's really cool well and you know other thing I'll just point out for our listeners um Isaac you are the absolute illustration of the answer to this question we were we served with Mountain Mission School in January of this year and we were there, we got in on a Sunday night, and we had to leave on a Thursday morning. So essentially, we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all day. And man, you made so many connections with people in the rock community. And you know, I mean, that they just fell in love with you and like came back and like, you know, up until this whole COVID-19 thing, like you guys were planning on, you know, having a trip, you were planning on coming up here and yeah. hanging with some yeah. of our folks and stuff like that. And, and again, you know, like three days, man. Like three days, where where outside of the church do you form those intense bonds? Right. In three days. Right. Oh, it it was it was awesome. Um, you guys have made my first year um, Im- immensely enjoyable. That's cool, man. You you made our trip down there enjoyable as well. So we appreciate that. Well, as always, man, I appreciate you guys have incredible perspective. I always love to hear your thoughts, but more than that, I'd like to hear what your hearts are. Um, for these topics, and this has been no exception to that. But, um, you know, as always, we want to go back to the scripture and look what scripture teaches about, you know, the nature, the purpose, the mission of the church. Um, So we've got three different passages of scripture that we're going to read through, actually four, because I've got one I wanted to share today. First up is Matthew 16, 13 through 18, and that's Noah. I'll just go ahead and read it. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I will tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I think, like, how the church relates to that verse, I think he's talking about how um, enduring the church is going to be. He's, like, talking about how he's going to build the church on this rock, and um, and then he says, goes on to say, and not even the power of the gates of hell shall prevail against it, not to short hell or whatever but it's pretty powerful and that's showing how strong the church is and how much it's going to endure um so yeah i think that's pretty cool all right so um next up we've got isaac he's going to be reading ephesians 2 19 through 22 so then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of god built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets christ jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, and him you're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Going back to just what I said earlier about how the how the church is is living, breathing, being thing, comprised of living being, living beings, it's just uh we're growing. And that nails it on the head. We're we're being built up together. And so Oh, what good is it if I if I look on my fellow man and and try to tear him down with judgment and stuff like that? I mean, there's a time for that, but it's it's to be constructive. Yeah, I'm supposed to have empathy, empathy for my fellow man, honor for my father, respect for my mother, 
and devotion for my sister. And that's, that's what I think those passages really nailed down the head for those. For sure, man. Good stuff. All right. Um, lastly, well, second to last, I guess, is uh, Noel. And we've got Romans 12, 4 through 8. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that dif differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I think that really speaks for itself. I've said it a few times, um, how we're all one body and we function as one, but we all have different things that we bring to the table as the church. And without one part, we can't do the job. So we all, we all work together. Very good. And um, the passage of scripture I have is 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and I'm just going to start with verse 12, but then I'm going to skip down um, to verse 27. Um, but it, it really, it's, it's also, I mean, Paul wrote, obviously, Romans 12 there. But um, he also wrote this letter to the Corinthians. And he's talking in this letter, you know, about the unity and, and why that's so important, the unity in the body. And he says this, he says, the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit and the one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And then in verse 27, he says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And again, you know, just like Noel said, you know, we, we, we've all got a part to play in this thing that we call church, but we all belong to one another. We have a duty and responsibility to one another to use the gifts that we've been given um, to build, like Isaac talked about, to build up this body. Good, good talk today, guys. I'm hoping that the people that listen to this are, are challenged and encouraged, um, you know, even in the midst of this like whole social distancing thing that people would still choose to rise up and be the church um, that Christ has called us to be. So thank you for, for sharing with us. So Noel, do you want to walk us through um, prayer requests? Yes. Um, and just so our listeners know, we still look at our reachohio at gmail.com. Um, so if you have any prayer requests for yourself, let us uh, know what you want us to pray for. And if you have any suggestions about topics for the podcast, let us know those too. Uh, my Aunt Peggy, she recently became a widow in the past year, and um, she sold her house even in the midst of all this chaos, and um, just that she'd have a smooth a smooth move, um, and um, that our family that can be there for her during all this. The coronavirus situation, um, just everything that goes with that, there's so much with that. Um, continued prayer for job situations, especially with the coronavirus stuff. Also, people's mental health, especially right now, all the different difficulties that we're having, um, that kind of thing. Um, we have a friend, John Presco, his, his daughter uh, broke her hip, and she had surgery, I think it was yesterday, um, and she's, she's doing well. Um, she came home today, um, but just continue, continue prayers for her because she's going to have a five to six month recovery. And then we mentioned missionaries all over the world, Mount Mission School, Crossroads, just everywhere. Uh, Praying Pelican, another one with everything prayers that God would provide in this time of need and things um, that they'd be able to um, just do their work for the Lord. I have an unspoken prayer and that everyone at MMS won't get sick because they're in such tight quarters altogether and things of that nature. Dear God, thank you for just another day of life and bringing us all here, um, even though we might be in uh, different parts of the country right now, everything that's going on with the coronavirus that we can still get together and be able to talk about what you would have us to do in our lives. Um, thank you for such a, uh, a fruitful conversation um, about what the church is and how you would have the church um, to be in this world. Thank you for everything that you do for us. Um, even in all these trials that we're having with the coronavirus, you're still there and you're still providing for us and um, we thank you for that. Um, I just want to pray for all the prayer requests that have been mentioned today that your hand would be in them in whatever way that you deem fit and that your will is done in those situations and you know what's going on in all those situations. And we 
just thank you um, for everything. We love you, and we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, um, want to say thanks to Noel and Noah for joining us on the podcast today, and obviously uh, for a special guest, Isaac. Isaac, man, um, just such a blessing to be able to get to know you back in January and to call you friend and um, just have you jump in on the podcast and share your unique perspective on the church with us. So um, thanks for, for taking time out for us, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a, it's been a joy. It's been real Absolutely, fun. Absolutely, brother. Love you guys. Love you all. Yeah, we love you too. Well, listen, we'll let you get back to uh, your role as dorm dad and taking care of a bunch of boys. <laughs> Please don't call it dad. Please do not call it dad. <laughs> I'm not that old. I'm not old. I'm not old. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in. We hope that you guys have been encouraged through this. We look forward to joining you next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.